Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. In the squadron, they called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, it's me. Hey, you know, it was great having the day off yesterday, Columbus Day. I had a bit of a cold. My voice was totally shot. And actually, right now, it sounds pretty good, huh? I wish I could keep it this way. Yeah, I kind of like this. Hello, you're listening to WABC in the evening. Who was that guy who was on WKTU? Roscoe. This is Roscoe. Uh, how do you do? Your love train starts now. Hi. Uh, I, just, I can't get used to it. I love this voice. Um, uh, if Columbus Day was a day that all should have off, by the way. WABC put on a great, great float at the Columbus Day Parade. Happy Columbus Day to, uh, to everybody, uh, belatedly. And uh, what did I learn? What did we learn about Chris Columbus yesterday? You know, boy, oh boy, I actually didn't know this. Did you know that Columbus Day became a holiday after there was a horrible attack on a group of Italian Americans? Uh, they were lynched. About eleven of them were lynched, and President Harrison signed legislation to atone for this, to make up for this. It was such a horrible thing. You know, we love Italians. We love everybody. We wanted to celebrate Italians. We don't want to persecute them. So. It came about after this horrible lynching of uh, of um, Italian people in America and Columbus Day. Now they're trying to re-engineer Columbus Day, re-engineer everything, give it up. All right. Well, I think I think they might just have to give it up after the midterms. Four weeks from today, folks. This is serious. It's but. To me, it feels even more serious than the presidential election. It really does. It really, really does. I look, I, I'm MAGA, I'm pro-Trump, I'm all that stuff, but I, I have friends on the other side, and you know they're not, they weren't crazy. They just weren't crazy people when they voted for uh, Joe Biden. Yeah, I disagreed with them. I could make the case, whatever, but nope, nope, nope. They didn't like Trump. They voted the other way. Now that we've been expect, gotten a taste of the left for two years, if you're not crazy, how can you not be voting for Republicans right now, huh? Oh, don't give me that crap about abortion. Just save it. All right. Seriously, you're being lied to. You're being lied to by Kathy Hochul and Joe Biden. If they're trying to uh, scare you, that's the big issue. That's that's your issue. Day in and day out. How much thinking do you give to abortion? Really? Is it number one, number two, number three? Give me a break. Every day you buy something, every day you know something's outrageously expensive. Anybody who fills up a gas tank, anybody who wants security, anybody who wants to walk around their neighborhood at night, not just... You know, okay, New York, you live in the city. It it's has a long-term history of, okay, wow, anything can happen in New York. But in the suburbs, you heard about Lee Zeldin's family? What town does he live in anyway out there on Long Island? Whatever. They tried to stab him. Now they tried to shoot his family. What, what are they going to do next? A flamethrower? A tank? Chemical weapons? Just vote for him and be done with it, please. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> no. And Kathy, Kathy can't pull this off. She's just not going to pretend everything's fine in Mary. Her little world, her little cocoon, her little millionaire cocoon, 
maybe she can, maybe she can get enough yes people around her to think, okay, all you got to do, all you got to do is wave and smile, just wave and smile and everything's going to be okay. No, this is New York. You're in for a rude awakening. I don't care what the makeup is. I know enough. (laughs) I had some interesting conversations over the weekend. Nobody, but nobody can defend this stuff. I, I, I will tell you this. They get very, they get very upset when you start debating with them because they have no answers. They can't defend what's happening. Can't, can't, and they can't defend Joe Biden, who, by the way, will be 80 years old next month. I think that's a bit of a game changer. It's one thing to have a president who's in their 70s, right? We've had several of those. Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, uh, Joe Biden, all right? 70s, yeah, we're accustomed to that. But 80, I mean, 80, that's uh, that's advanced. That's a, that's a big number. And uh, I think that's, um, that's going to be a bit of a game changer. Just the whole, they're going to, when is his birthday? Sometime in November, November 20th or so. He'll be 80 years old. Uh, What does he have to show for it? Hey, did you hear he was, why did they leak that video of him uh, crying on the phone to Hunter Biden about Hunter's drug problem? Kind of sad, but what is the, it is sad. I don't want anybody to have a drug problem. I mean, you know, but are you going to go into business with a drug addict? Joe Biden went into business with a drug addict. Absolutely. Exploited his son. Absolutely. I believe the laptop, everything I see in that thing. It's it's true. The New York Times verified it. I knew a year ago. I knew a year I knew two years ago that that thing was legit. It's amazing how they got those CIA directors, oh, five of them, five of them to lie for Joe Biden. You know, somebody confronted me over the weekend and said, you know, what Donald Trump is doing to the country is this, that, and the other thing. And people are I'm like, no, mm-mm, mm-mm, zero. Stop right there. It's not Trump. It's your overreaction to Trump. It's your, it's your misreaction to Trump. It's your hateful, over-the-top uh, histrionics. You know, you're, 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 you know, we boarded up. Do you remember just before the election in 2020, businesses across the city, across the country, were, were boarding up. We're putting big wooden planks in front of their windows in case of violence on election day, election night, the day after election day. And what was that for? It was not for if Joe Biden won. It was for if Donald Trump won because they knew that the left was going to take to the streets and raise hell, just like they did for the previous several months, Black Lives Matter, all that stuff. It's kind of fascinating, you know, but somehow when the left engages in horrendous violence, no matter how bad, the people in power, they, 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 they get intimidated somewhat. They're intimidated and, and, and they try to dress it up as, well, that's righteous. That's a good thing. Even Barack Obama, remember, it's good that you're making people feel uncomfortable. What about the cops? What about the cops feeling uncomfortable? I don't think they like feeling uncomfortable. Hey, can we talk a little bit? Uh, I'll get to it in a moment. But enough of this systemic racism. And I had another conversation over the weekend. Barack Obama is proof that America is not systemically racist. If you really want to get liberals going, get them really mad, say that, say that, which, oh, by the way, is true. If the systems were arranged to keep black people down, Barack Obama would not have made it to Columbia College, Columbia University, an Ivy League school. He wouldn't have. In, instead, since we are such a not racist country, but people like the folks at Columbia University are desperately seeking 
qualified black people, even less than qualified black people, they will bend over backwards, do whatever it takes. And Barack Obama was the beneficiary of how non-racist our country is. If anything, there's a little bit of racism toward people who are not of color, toward white people, absolutely. And, hey, let's hear it for Tulsi Gabbard, the congresswoman from Hawaii, Democrat. Well, no longer, right? She dropped out. You got this thing ready to go, Tulsi Gabbard? Let's go ahead. I like her. By the way, she's beautiful and uh, and a war veteran. All right, let's hear what she has to say. She's leaving the Democratic Party for good. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. No right, Tulsi Gabbard. How can you argue with her? Next thing, I, now she's now she can run for president. The first time she ran, I'm like, come on, give me a break. Who is she? I, I get it. Aloha. Um, but there wasn't much more than that. Now I'm like, yeah, bring it on. Now what is she going to do? I guess she's going to remain an independent. I'm pretty sure she's pro-choice, and uh, she probably has a couple of other position issues, issues uh, positions that will keep her from being a uh, Republican. Uh, but who cares? Uh, I think she's absolutely fantastic. What a stinging and irrefutable critique of the Democrat Party. Well done, Tulsi Gabbard. What does it mean? Uh, who knows? It, 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 it enhances her brand. Uh, I guess Democrats will have to stop, will probably stop picking on her so much. You know, they're calling her a, a Russian spy, a Russian asset, all this. Uh, no, she's not. She's a great American and uh, big things in store. She's also a workout fiend. I've seen these workout videos she puts up online. I can't do that. Well, I could probably could with a little bit of work, but, uh, you know, she does those squats. And what are those damn things? Who invented them? Um, Burpees. A burpee, it's like like a unnecessarily difficult jumping jack with a squat thrust thrown in. Uh, I don't like it, but I like her. All right, going back to Barack Obama, systemically racist country, no way. Uh, he's an Occidental College. Occidental College. Have you ever heard of that? No, of course not, right? It's some kind of mediocre school in Los Angeles. He transfers to Columbia. Why? Because, wow, you know what? You know what? Absolutely. That had a big part of it. Hey, if I'm wrong, I want to see his transcript. Let me see his transcripts. Uh, he's not released his transcripts. He hasn't released his transcripts from uh, from Columbia. So he gets into Columbia. He's there for two years. Harvard Law School, the people at Harvard, they'll tell you he was not 
He was not the uh, the ace of that uh, program at all. He became the editor of the Harvard Law Review because, as he would put it, he's got a funny name and he had a unique story, right? His father was uh, from Kenya and his mother was from Kansas. Who the hell cares, by the way? I mean, really, who cares? I mean, that's something nice. You can, okay, nice. If you're sitting next to somebody on a bus, you know, I could hear, okay, that's an interesting story. My parents came from here. Oh, interesting. Okay. But that's his brand. That's that's all he's got going. But... Hey, got to hand it to him. It's uh, got him very, very far. That silly story, that pretty much unremarkable story. Everybody's story is remarkable, but is there anything really, truly remarkable about that? I don't think so. I, I just, you know, okay, your mother got together with this guy, Barack Hussein Obama, in Hawaii, and then flew the coop back to Kenya, barely paid attention to Barack. Unfortunately, that's a story of a lot of people. And nowhere more so than, as Barack Obama once reminded us, in the African-American community. What am I talking about? I'm talking about absentee fathers. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a real thing, but you're not supposed to talk about it. Only Barack Obama can talk about it when he's trying to charm white people. And then he drops it like a hot potato. Every now and then, but he gets slapped around by the left and he drops it. He'll bring up, he'll bring up, or he did when he had guts. That somehow, I didn't know this, but in the black community, a black kid who's reading a book is seen as acting white. Now, such a thing never would have occurred to me unless Barack Obama told me so. And did he do anything? Did he do a damn thing to eradicate that horrible bias? He didn't. He's just collecting the money and hanging out with famous people. Hope you're satisfied. All right, four weeks to go. We can do this. Remember our challenge. Tell 100 friends to get out and vote. Be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. So this is uh, Lee Zeldin's neighborhood, huh? Damn. Things are pretty intense uh, out there, Shirley, Long Island. All right. Not quite that intense, but there was gunfire right in front of his house over the weekend. He was, they tried to stab him. Uh, this, is, uh, this is not a stunt. This is not like, <laughs> I, I know some are saying this is a, somehow a lucky break. It's not a lucky break when your kids uh, almost get killed. Uh, it can happen. It's, how far is Shirley from Brentwood, by the way? So, Lee Zeldin, I am totally, totally, totally pulling for you. I hope you can pull this off. Kathy Hochul is running and hiding and giving out corrupt contracts to her friends. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Remember how they built up Andrew Cuomo, and all of a sudden, overnight, they decided he was the worst person in the world? Same thing's going to happen to Kathy Hochul if she gets in there. All right? So, um, let's save everybody the trouble. And uh, we got to get we got to get Lee Zeldin uh, wishing him all the luck in the world. Oh, just by oh by the way, I don't know if you've been following this, but it was a pretty important podcast as far as podcasts go. Serial, serial liberals love talking about serial. This is another thing I love to do. Actually, when you meet it, when you meet a liberal, and they start talking about podcasts, oh, I love serial. Serial, it was so good, so good. And it's about this the first one, the most famous one that got every liberal in America talking and hating the criminal justice system. It was about some guy named Adnan Syed, Saeed. And in uh, 1999, guess what he did? He killed his girlfriend in Maryland. Open and shut case, quite frankly. 
open and shut case. Now, you can pick apart any trial ever. I mean, there are people involved. There are going to be mistakes. Absolutely, there will be mistakes. Uh, and there were mistakes there, but not the type, not of the scale that could throw out the verdict. But I was listening to this silly serial podcast, and the guy basically comes right out in episode five, and he admits he did it. you got to be listening very carefully, but this guy is guilty as hell. And now he's walking out, uh, free man. They're not going to charge him again, which they could do. Um, and a lot of liberals help make this happen. A killer is gone free thanks to you and your dopey podcasts. All right? Anybody want to? Uh, maybe I'll dig up the clip. I should dig up the clip for you and uh, play it where the guy, and you can, t- you can totally tell, you can totally tell, he is guilty. So when you tell a liberal that, they really, because this, uh, oh, wait, why, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. This is an aggrieved uh, Muslim man. He was persecuted because he was Muslim. No, he was not. And oh, by the way, he was convicted before 9-11. So uh, where they said, although I, I don't believe that there was anti-Muslim sentiment increased after 9-11. The very first thing George W. Bush did was he ran to that mosque to say, nothing personal. We know, I know, I know. And it was nothing personal. I mean, we know that just because the bombers were Islamic, it doesn't mean that all Islamic people are bad. Of course not. Of course not. Jeffrey Dahmer, I believe, was Christian. All right? Same kind of thing. Although, I mean, there is a strain of Islam that is a little bit too very prevalent where people go nutso. It's true, uh, but by and large, that's not a thing. That's not a thing. Uh, Putin is, uh, hey, I'm sick about the Iraq war. Uh, you know how I felt about it. This one, I'm not as sick about. I'm just not. Big countries invade little countries all the time. I do know, I do know that this would not have happened if Donald Trump were still in office because we would not have lost Afghanistan like that. We would not have given the signal to the world that we were weak. And you can have at it. That's what we did. Remember when Joe Biden said, oh, he's got to do something. All right, give me a moment. Some important transgender stuff when we come back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, whatever happened to John Stewart? Remember him with The Daily Show? Well, he's got a new show on Apple. And uh, I'm sorry for a talented guy. He's become somewhat lazy just flying down to Arkansas, making fun of them because of the accent. You know, it's just a real disappointment. And uh, I guess I knew he was liberal, but I did not know he was woke. He's crazy woke, and he's out there defending, uh, uh, I guess, parents who want to have their children undergo radical, permanent sex change operations. And this is exactly what I want the state for. I want the state to protect children. All right. Not every parent is up to snuff. Okay. I saw on the Good Morning America. Ever see that Desmond is amazing kid? Desmond is not amazing. Desmond uh, is <laughs> Desmond is a kid. Kids are entitled and allowed and even encouraged to make all kinds of mistakes. But I don't think uh, they, the, those mistakes necessarily should be celebrated on the uh, on the on the stage. So basically, Desmond is a like an eleven year old kid who. Um, is a boy, I guess, biologically, but likes to dress up in women's clothing. I don't know if he's non-binary or binary or what, but whatever. And uh, just side note, he's a crummy dancer. You ever notice these drag queens don't dance very well? Whatever their age is. Everybody goes crazy, hooting and hollering. And I think America, we know what good dance is. I've, I've seen uh, 
what the hell's the name of that show? Amer- you can you can dance too. America's got dance. America's got what is that? What is that dance off show? What is it? What is it? No, 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 no. They're dancing with the stars. And oh, so you think you can dance? That's another one. We know what good dancing looks like. And this kid who is a boy, likes to dress up in women's clothing, is not a good dancer. Just not. The whole thing is, the whole appeal is, oh, wow, Desmond is being his true self or her true self wearing women's clothes. And we should stand up and applaud like lunatics for that. I don't, th- I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, if, 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 if Desmond dressed up in women's clothing and could do a, a triple somersault in the middle of the air or something like that, okay, that's another story. Doesn't matter what Desmond wears, but the parents, I think, were a little bit too enthusiastic about Desmond dressing up in different clothes. Anyway, the state of Arkansas came up with a bill that says, uh, let's see, the Arkansas Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. And uh, Arkansas has a compelling government interest in protecting the health and safety of its citizens, especially vulnerable children. Sounds good to me. Only a small percentage of the American population experiences distress at identifying their biological sex. Very true. And if you turn on television, you would think that somehow half the country is uh, gender dysphoric. Very, very small number. Although they want it to grow by making it trendy and cool. Let's see here. According to the American Psychiatric Association, for natal adult males, prevalence ranges from 0.005% to 0.005%. Oh, one, four percent. And for natal, what does natal mean? N-A-T-A-L. Females from 0.002% to 0.003%. I think it means very young. For the small percentage of children who are gender nonconforming or experience distress at identifying with their biological sex, studies consistently demonstrate that the majority come to identify with their biological sex in adolescence or adulthood, thereby rendering most physiological interventions unnecessary. I know this to be true. I happen to be good friends with a lesbian, a gay woman. And uh, this person told me that when they were about 11 years old, they noticed that they were totally into boy stuff. Boy this, boy that, boy clothes, boy, boy, boy. And uh, if this procedure were available, if these hormones were available, maybe she would have taken them. Maybe she would have been encouraged to take them. After all, it's really trendy. It's really cool. Look at uh, all the influencers now. Look at how much status. You can be a protected person. Legally, you can be a protected person. You can be elevated above ordinary, plain old, you know, boys and girls. What do we call ourselves? What, what are we called? Cisgender. So vanilla. So lame. You can be special by, uh, by undergoing this procedure. Anyway, she's very glad she did it because she actually happens to like being a lesbian. Good for her. Can you imagine if they made her into an artificial boy? Not good. Uh, For the small percent of their children. Furthermore, scientific studies show that individuals struggling with distress at identifying with their biological sex often already experience psychopathology, which indicates these individuals should be encouraged to seek mental health services to address comorbidities and underlying causes of their distress before undertaking any hormonal or surgical intervention. Can you imagine taking a a puberty blocker and being so enthusiastic about puberty blockers just that you... (laughs) To be promoting them, a pu- puberty, to take a drug that will delay the onset of puberty. I don't have to go to medical school to know that that's a really bad idea. Absolutely, totally unnatural. 
And I can do a little bit of research, however, and also find out that, yes, according to the data, this puberty blocker stuff can do real long-term permanent damage to a child. It could actually render a child sterile. It can harm bone density. It can do all kinds of horrible things. So this law, in my opinion, is great. John Stewart, who's looking for a niche for himself uh, because, well, he's he's white and he's 60-something and he's a straight male. It's like, how uncool can you get? You better jump on board. Bill Maher has already got the uh, politically incorrect spot taken, I guess, for you guys. Cut 31, please. We're going to allow these children to be children. And as they are, we want to, again, encourage them to have the access to the mental health care because none of us can imagine whether it's my daughter, mm-hmm. your daughter, your son, any of us if can imagine having those conversations. If my daughter or my son came to me in agony and I knew there was a program that I could get them into that had positive effects on their mental health, I would swim across rivers and climb mountains and tunnel through whatever I needed to get to, to save that child's life. And my guess is you'd do the same. And I I truly hope you're never faced with that decision because I imagine it's agonizing for the parent. Yes. And it's agonizing for the child. But the fact that you've removed that option for people seems antithetical to the values you profess to espouse. Wow. He'd uh, climb mountains. He'd uh, go through tunnels. Everybody would for their kids. All right? But you're really going to climb mountains to get puberty blockers for your kid? You're going to climb mountains to um, have the penis turned into a vagina? Are you really going to do that? Are you going to say, wait a second, let's think about this first. Are you sure? Well, <laughs> Maybe you can talk to that professor at Johns Hopkins University. You know, it's like a kid. Imagine if a kid came to... Um, to uh, John Stewart there and said, you know, Daddy, I think I'm fat. But the kid's really like 60 pounds and is anorexic. Now, this current fixation on uh, hormonal therapy and sex change operations, that would be akin to taking an adolescent girl, listening to them say, oh, I think I'm fat. And then, okay, very good. Let's put you on a liquid diet. Let's uh, let's get you down. Let's let's. Uh, all right, let's let's help you drop a few pounds. If that's the way you're feeling, we have all this science here that can help you feel less fat. But the truth is you're not fat. You're anorexic. That's that's a disease, that's a problem. We can help you with that. And the truth is for these kids, you're not you are right now a boy. You are right now a girl. And we can help you feel more comfortable that way. At least get you to 18. But to shoot a young body with hormones and puberty blockers. We're going to go into detail tonight on the Newsmax show about what these things are, the chemicals that are in ta- I mean, you know, I, I see people who don't like to eat it. You know, they, they only eat at Whole Foods because they're worried about pesticides. Okay. And this crew, this crew is pushing puberty blockers, puberty blockers. Uh, Becky from Oregon, hello. Hi, Greg. I can't believe I finally called in. Hey, uh, Oregon, huh? You're in you're in Oregon State. Wow. I hear you yeah. guys might elect a, go- a Republican governor. Is that true? I'm not sure. I don't keep up with the 
creepy politics up here, but I did read the other day that I guess my county is included in what they're talking about joining Idaho. So that's about all I know about that stuff. Yeah, it's it, it's all crazy. You on live the West in the Coast. you you must live in the country somewhere, right? How'd you know that? Well, you said the West Coast, so I mean, I assume you mean the West Coast of Oregon, and you know that's uh, Oregon. Well, Oregon borders on the water, obviously, but it's a very rural state as well. Yeah, I'm on. I'm well. I'm considered Eastern Oregon, but you have to drive like a couple hours to get to the eastern border. I'm kind of in the middle. Have I'm you ever on the Columbia River too? The Columbia River divides Washington and Oregon, so. I, but I do live out in the country in a little tiny town that Amazon's taking over, so it's getting bigger. You're kidding. Why are they taking it over? Well, they're just building massive facilities everywhere, the whole area. Man, those guys are taking over the world, aren't they? Oh, uh, boy, I can't believe it. All right, so what's up? What's on your mind? Well, first of all, I want to tell you I love your radio show. Well, I love both programs, but you you always make me laugh, and I love that so much. So I wanted to say that, and I wanted to remind you that Tulsi Gabbard voted to impeach Donald Trump. I don't remember how many times, and so she's not that fantastic because all of those impeachments were based on lies. So. To me, it's unforgivable that any of them could have voted for that. But I know you're excited, you know, that she's getting out of that those evil Democrats. But uh, I don't know how anybody could have. Um... Oh, and be- but before I forget, keep talking about the Bible. It's the most important thing in the world. I love when you do that, and your kids are adorable. I love when you show them. So can I, can I ask you something? Did you once send me a letter? Send you a letter? Yeah. Was that you? Uh, or did you ever email the station about me? Did I? No, no. You never emailed yet. the station? Huh. No. All right. Your story sounds familiar to me. Well, listen, back to Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, yeah, you're right. As a Democrat, she would have voted for the impeachment. I Look, you got to take you got to you got to make friends where you can. Yeah. I mean, it to me it's unforgivable for like a guy like Adam Kinzinger or those rhinos, those Republicans, but the Democrats, you know, I, I, I have to, I, do I cut them slack? Hey, yes, this is a bit of a riddle. This is a good one. Um, look, I don't agree with her. I uh, think that was a mistake, but she was going with her party, and she just left that party. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's, this is a good sign. This is a good sign. And remember, everybody, I think every Democrat voted that way, and now she just left the party. Maybe, she, you know, people people make mistakes. People People have regrets. I wonder what she would say about that today. So, um, you know, who knows? But thank you, Becky, very, very much. And uh, thanks for listening so much. You're the highlight of my day. Oh, good stuff, Becky. Keep in touch, okay? Hey, we got uh, Bob. He also wants to say something about Tulsi Gabbard. Bob. Hey, Greg, good afternoon. Hey, first of all, I just want to say thank you you for being such a a laser-focused individual with the topics that you share to both your radio and TV audience. Laser focused. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, since your time changed from 7 to 10, I get up early in the morning and it's a little bit late. Yeah. I, I, just, I know. I keep hearing phone. that from people. We have new viewers, but we lost some too. But anyway, Bob, I can uh, thank you very much. Uh, I, I find myself jumping around a lot on top of it. Go ahead, Bob. What's up about uh, Tulsi? your last caller said 
I think we have Trump's 2024 running mate. Huh? She would make a, she would make, Tulsi would make a great vice presidential candidate to run with Donald Trump. Somebody who voted for impeachment? If they could make peace, if they could make peace, I'm all about making peace. I'm all about forgiveness. I'm all about overcoming. I'm all, oh, I would love it. You know what? You know what, Bob? That is one hell of an idea. That is one hell of an idea. And let's remind everybody why why we're so enthusiastic, all right? Tulsi Gabbard, let's take it from the top, if you don't mind, because I think this is important, and I think every Democrat should listen and think real hard about what party you're affiliated with and how you plan to vote in November. Cut 23, please. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. All right, damn straight. You know what? She would be good. And a lot better as far as, you know, women that Trump may or may not consider that Nikki Haley, who is about as conventional as they come. Bob, that's a great thought, and I think it could happen. Thanks for giving uh, giving me the idea, okay? Can I give you one other comment? Very quickly. On, on Tulsi. Yes. I've heard about Kamala. Clarity versus disorganization. Yeah, clarity versus disorganization. Everybody knows that Kamala... Is disorganized. All right, Bob, I got to run. I'll be back. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A N A C O O L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. (sighs) Three-day weekends are the best. We should do this more often. Uh, Over the three-day weekend, I met a fellow who was like, excuse me, but what do you mean by woke? Because I was going off on uh, woke this and woke that. I don't know what you mean by this woke. And this was the wokest character that there is, right? (laughs) What does one mean by woke? 
It's like Obama standing up. It's like, I can't believe that everybody suddenly is talking about critical race theory. I mean, who knew? Who knew that that would be so important? Um, Well, it's been around for a bit, and it's tearing the country apart. All right? Woke is um, it's a word to um, indicate that you are aware and alert to racial prejudice and discrimination. All right? Now, it's um, grammatically, it's wrong. All right? You're woke. Woke. You're alert. You're, you're, you're awake. You're aware. You're woke. Nobody really would talk like that normally, but it's a, it's a slang. You're woke. And uh, so that you see everything through a racial lens. And according to the wokesters and the critical race theorists, everything, everything is racist. Everything. The bakery is racist for some reason. All right? Uh, your doctor is racist. Everything's racist. Everything. And, uh, of course, we know better. Uh, we know much better. I told you earlier about how Barack Obama, <laughs> he made it through systemic racism to become the president of the United States, huh? The whole system was designed to keep Barack Obama down. No, it was designed to promote Barack Obama. Quite frankly, ahead of his more qualified, often white peers. It's true. What the hell did he do in the Senate for two years? He gets there in 2005. He starts campaigning for the Senate in early 2007. What the hell did he accomplish? You know, Everybody is, uh, they, they love to nitpick Donald Trump, everything. I'm reading this new silly gossip-filled book by Maggie Haberman of the New York Times. Con man about Donald Trump. Calls him a con man, right on the cover. Con man. I guess they dress it up. They call him a confidence man. He's a, Donald Trump is a con man. Well, there are mistakes in this book, left and right. One of her big problems here is that uh, Donald Trump is not really successful. Compared to the left racks, he's not really successful. He's a billionaire, but he's not, you know, he's got $4 billion, He doesn't have $50 billion. Well, You know what? $4 billion is good enough for me. We're impressed. All right? Call us silly, but whatever. We are impressed by Donald Trump. I'm impressed with anybody who can build a building. Really? Think about it. You ever try installing a bathroom in your house? Try installing 1500 Someone's got to make that happen. <laughs> and he did, and he does, and it's incredible. It really is. What did Barack Obama do between 2005 and 2007? How does his record hold up, say, against a, uh, a real titan of the Senate, an LBJ, a uh, – who the hell else is there? Uh, was that George McGovern? No. Well, we don't have any titans of the Senate anymore. But you know what I mean. Two years, he made no – he was the junior senator from Illinois. Nobody cares. The whole system was rigged to promote him because he was black, quite frankly. Yes, because he was black. Hey, listen to this, considering woke. This is the Secretary of the Army, a woman who never served in the Army. Her name is Christine, cut 22. You know, we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. Um, But first of all, I would say if, if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country or overseas when I go and visit. But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and we've got to make them all feel included. And that's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are important. Yeah. We're not woke. We're just woke. (laughs) We're not woke. We're just obsessed with diversity, equity, and inclusion. As I fly around on a government jet on useless tours. Give me a moment. 
Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I am vaccinated. I am vaccinated. Every now and then somebody gets on my case for being vaccinated and they'll say on, on social media, watch out for Greg Kelly. He's vaccinated. I, I've i always been, uh, yeah, I got the vaccine. And uh, what the hell? What gives? That's my business. I mean, I'm sharing it with you right now, but uh, that was my choice. Well, primarily my wife's, but I did it. I did it, whatever. I don't advise anybody to do anything when it comes to that stuff. I really don't. I just don't know enough about the the vaccines, and I just am not going to do it. I, I can totally understand somebody's reluctance when it comes to the vaccine. I mean, let's face it, they rushed it through. I'm not complaining, but it went really fast. And um, to put something in your body that has, uh, well, not been uh, thoroughly tested or as tested as uh, other medications, I could, I could totally see so. Look, I wasn't gung-ho about it. I wasn't. If my wife wasn't so insistent on it, I probably would have blown it off. Uh, but uh, I got it. And that's my business. I've not been pushing it on anybody. Uh, every now and then I'll meet somebody. Actually, not more than every now and then. I got some relatives and stuff like that. They didn't want to take the vaccine. They had their reasons. I mean, one of them smokes, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. You're, you're, you smoke cigarettes and you, you're, your body's a temple. Give me a break. What, how many thousands of chemicals are you taking in every puff? But whatever. His business. Uh, but this is pretty, pretty uh, wild. There is a Florida physician, very well credentialed. He is the Surgeon General of Florida. His name is Joseph La Ladapo, Joseph Ladapo. And what he says about the vaccine is uh, hmm, basically that if you're a young man, say 18 or 39, don't get it. And these are the official guidelines in the state of Florida. Is that right? Listen to this guy. Cut 19. So I ask people sometimes who are still, you know, hemming and hawing about this. If this if this vaccine, if it had been known two years ago or so, that this vaccine would increase cardiac deaths in young men by 84%, would they have approved it? The obvious answer is no, you would never give something to someone who was young and healthy and increase their risk of dying from from sudden cardiac death by 84%. But people are often, their response is, well, you know, I don't know, COVID's pretty bad. Yes, COVID can be terrible, but we don't give people medications that kill them. Wow. All right. Now let's check his credentials, shall we? Uh, Joseph Ladapo is an American physician who is the Surgeon General of Florida. After immigrating to the United States from Nigeria at age five, he attended Wake, uh, Wake Forest University Good School and earned an MD and PhD in health policy from Harvard University. All right. That sounds pretty substantial to me. And now I, yeah, 18 of, now granted there's a very low number of cardiac events in people that age, but it does happen and increasing it 84%. I think this now, (laughs) experimentation purposes, what happens if I tweet this? What happens if I tweet this? Am I, am I, am I, am I, am I further shadow banned than I already am? Right, because every now and then I say things like, you know what, the damn election in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania were illegal. Absolutely. Absolutely. They broke the law. They broke the law. There are two ways to vote in Pennsylvania according to its own constitution. 
and they blew it off. They said you can vote in any way of hundred different ways. You can stay home and vote. You can be here and vote. You don't need an excuse. You can go anywhere and vote. They took advantage of COVID. They really did. Uh, oh, somebody else. You know, it's funny. The vice president. Uh, do we want to go into the election? We got to focus on the. We got to focus on the next election, November. And we got to get uh, you know who the hell out. Well, who you know who? Uh, first, let's start with uh, Kathy Hochul. All right. She's got to go. And if you're in Ohio, I hope you're I hope you're going to vote for J.D. Vance. Man, oh, man. No contest. Now, I did not see the debate. I hear that. Uh, you know, how long is I didn't realize this, that Tim Ryan has been in Congress for 20 years. Uh, won't appear with. Uh, and I'm also pulling, of course, for Dr. Oz, for Herschel Walker. Uh, let's see. Who else do I like? I like um, uh, Carrie Lake in Arizona, uh, running for governor. I like uh, Adam Laxalt, who I met right in this room. Great guy. Uh, Republican, looks like he's going to, look, they're going to take back the Senate. They're going to take so much. We've been pummeled with fake news. Everybody's excited to talk about Tulsi Gabbard. What's the big deal? Uh, Vic in Pennsylvania. Yeah, hi, uh, Greg. The one thing you got to keep in mind is she's pro-abortion. She was been out there screaming about abortion. She never could be a running mate to any Republican. Well, now that abortion has been turned back over to the states, and don't forget that, it's now a state issue. And the Supreme Court ruled that it's back to the states where it belongs. Okay? The states. Hawaii will always have abortion. So will New York. All right? You know, there are other issues going on in the world other than abortion. So now at this point, if it's really truly a state issue, which I, which it is, and I hope it remains so, uh, there might be room for her. I wonder if she believes in any restrictions whatsoever, because I know some Democrats and Republicans who agree on the 15-week restriction. Is she one of these uh, must be able to have an abortion up until uh, two minutes before birth? Probably not. Is she, Vic? Do you know? Honest, I don't know. But that's all right, Vic. Well, keep keep that in mind. We got to keep that in mind. All right. There are Democrats who have opinions that are, uh, believe it or not, even more. Con- there are some pro-choice Republicans out there. So um, don't write her off yet. Uh, Sandra in New Jersey, also Tulsi. Wow, she's hot. What's up? Yes. First of all, I have to tell you, I missed you so much yesterday. I was home doing my floors over, and I'm in my bedroom there, and I'm, and and you weren't even on. Where were you? I was actually, I was actually, I was, I was, it was, I was legitimately ill. You hear my voice. I had a cold, yes, but I, it was I, great I, I timing. It. it was great timing. I mean, Columbus Day, nobody was really at work anyway. So it was great right. timing. Uh, so what's uh, going on? Well, I just wanted to say two things. One about um, uh, Sid and Bernie, my mom, you remember my mom. She used to call there all the time, be from Brooklyn and Sid and Bernie were always so gracious to my mother, and I want you to know, as everyone, I feel sad, too. And then the last thing I wanted to say was Tulsi Gabbard. I can't get enough of her. I love to listen to her. I love to watch. I love to see her. She's so everything. If she became a running mate with Donald Trump, oh, my God. That's my opinion. You know, you're right. There is something kind of hypnotic about her, actually. And there's something mesmerizing about her. I mean, you just listen to this one more time. Just a couple of seconds. 23. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers 
who were driven by cowardly wokeness. Now, look, number one, she sounds great. She looks even better. There's only one thing I don't like in that. I don't like the phrase warmonger. It sounds very cartoonish. It sounds very from the 1970s, warmongers. Uh, there's something I just I feel like the phraseology is a little bit awkward. But, man, she could be uh, – she is a superstar. Thank you. All right, listen, I got to get all these Tulsi calls out of the way. And then we're, Thank you, Sandra. All the best, okay? Thank you. You bet. Uh, Al, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hey, uh, Greg, good afternoon. Good to hear your voice, however bad it might be for you. But anyhow, on the Dulcie thing, um, isn't she, she's a representative for District 2 in Hawaii. Now, when she vacates the Democrat Party, did she uh, cause them to have to uh, have an election? No. Or does she become an independent, like a no. Bernie only in that? I mean, it has no bearing on her term. Uh, uh, she serves, you know, there's no real bearing as far as, however, you do raise a good point. What the hell happens on the ballot? What the hell happens on the ballot? She left the Democrat Party. And this is very close to election. It's 2022. So she's up for re-election. Uh, what does that mean when they vote for her? I generally speaking, they leave your name on the ballot if anything happens this close and it's still a Democrat. You know, she's still going to get reelected. That's an interesting question. I don't think there's enough time to change it before the, they're not, they're not going to put her up there as an independent, and they're not going to be able to field the Democrat by maybe they maybe they would try. Uh, I don't know, but there's no special election because the election is in basically four weeks. Am I right? Do me a favor, check me on all that stuff. Thanks, Al. It's a good point, uh, but not, not. I mean, who do we? What do we care? Who's the congresswoman or man from from Hawaii? She's going to get it. She's going to get reelected. Hey, in the meantime, our own Cindy Adams. I tried to convince her about Eric Adams way long time ago. She wouldn't have it. She was such. She was. She thought Eric Adams had something special to offer. I said he's a bum. He's a he's an empty headed uh, clothes horse. That's what he is. And now Cindy has come around. Cut 27. He's dumb. He's stupid. He only wants to be on television. You are so smart, John. If you're sitting here with this dumbass mayor, why can't you tell him something? Why can't you explain to him how to get something? It's not just because the Albany overrules New York City. He doesn't know how to make deals. Was, was Eric Adams right there? Was he right there? Sometimes he comes on with John. Oh, man. Did she really say this? Cut 28. Cindy, Cindy Adams. Finally. Cindy, I understand you got some hot stories for New Yorkers. Well, what I have is I'm peeing on the mayor. That's what I choose to do. I want to pee on the mayor. Wow, a golden shower. Oh, stop. All right. She didn't have to say that. <laughs> All right. She's disgusted with the mayor like a lot of us are. Um and it's a long time we've got left. Three years and three months, is it? Three months, three months, three months. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I'd love to run against him. I'm taking a good look at it. Uh, got to get some uh, brainiacs together, sit around a table, uh, crunch the numbers, look at it. And I don't care, quite frankly, what the numbers say in the end. There'll always be a reason to not do something. Always be a hundred reasons to not do something. But the one reason to do it... Let's see. I got three. I love my country. I love my city. And I love my family. How does that sound? Huh? I think that's sufficient motivation to get into politics. Uh, 
I also love my paycheck, too. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> something to consider. All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the fake news is jumping up and down. Uh, what the hell is this? Uh, who in the hell is this? Damn it. I got to I gotta get a new phone number. I don't know what's going on. Um, I want to uh, say that uh, the fake news is going crazy about Maggie Haberman's new book. Um, why are they going crazy about it? I mean, they're, they're embracing it. They love it. They love it because uh, it's by one of their own. Uh, Maggie Haberman, The Making of Donald Trump and the Breaking of America. What a grand title, huh? Oh, and it's called, oh, Confidence Man, as in Con Man. It's a horrible, gossipy book. It really is. Uh, it's it's just, it's trash, like so many other books out there. Just whip it out, right? Just as uh, fast as possible. And I wonder, I wonder, as a book writer now myself, as an author, and by the way, my book, um, is available wherever books are sold for pre-order. Justice for All, How the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement comes out in January. You can go to Amazon. You can go to uh, wherever the hell you buy your books and uh, pre-order it. Uh, Got to admit, I never really was into the pre-order thing. I wait. I usually wait until they just actually come out. But please pre-order it. <laughs> just, uh, the publisher loves those pre-order sales. Uh, but I'm reading this book. I like to read books by the fake news as a hobby. I like to count the mistakes they make. And she's made some weird ones right off the bat. Uh, let me go through it. I mean, I mean is, it, is, it, is it smoking? I mean, it's just, it's just bad. I'm sorry, It's just lazy. Something about it. Uh, where, 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 where we got here? So she has a quote in this book. Uh, being close to Trump was like being friends with a hurricane. One longtime friend told me being close to Trump was like being friends with a hurricane. One longtime friend told me. So this book came out last week. It's 2022. And I'm like, I recognize that quote. And I know who said it. It was a quote from Richard Lefrak. And he said it six years ago. And it was in the New York Times. So I looked it up, and I was right. March 11, 2016, Alan Foyer, if that's his name, Fuhrer Foyer, wrote a big story about Trump and his friends and what he liked to do in New York. And they got a quote here. Mr. Lefrak, there's a lot of intensity and public... Wait, wait. There's a lot of intensity and energy, a lot of publicity and and other stuff. Being friends with Trump is like being friends with a hurricane. And it's attributed to Mr. Lefrak six years ago. You see, books are supposed to be telling you more information. So six years later, they're telling you less information. It's just weird. Just sloppy. And um, and this is, the, this is the reporter of the fake news. This is the one they all want to be like. Uh, and they all want book deals. And they all want movie deals. And they all want Netflix deals. I'd say anybody can get a book deal, quite frankly, but getting the Netflix deal. All these reporters, you know, at one point, reporters were basically anonymous people. Now, you too can be a star. And I think that's totally screwed with their heads. And they've taken their eye off the ball when it comes to their work. And here's another one. Here's another doozy of a mistake in this book. And it's I'm only a couple of pages in. 
And this is the book right now. I think it's number one or will be number one on the bestseller list. Um, they talk about the favor bank. You know, Donald Trump was a wheeler and dealer in New York City and often made use of the favor bank. And they put the favor bank in quotes. You know, I do you a favor, you do me a favor. That's the favor bank, all right? It's a, you go along to get along in New York City. And there is some of that. And she said that was made famous by a journalist by the name of Marie Brenner. And Marie Brenner is a very nice person and a very good writer. Uh, and I've met her many times, but uh, she did not come up with the favor bank. That was Tom Wolfe in 1987 in Bonfire of the Vanities. He's the one who coined that phrase. Tom Wolfe, 1987. You can look it up. It's in his book. Marie Brenner wrote about it three years later, 1990. So I don't know what the, I mean, you write a book, you sit down. That's what they do. They, they're so arrogant. And they think that they can, they know stuff off the top of their head. They don't. They know very little. And so far, I'm learning nothing, nothing in this book. Nothing. That's why they're all kind of canceling each other out. They don't bring anything new to the table. My book, oh, by the way. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to move the needle. It's going to move the needle. Do I have one? Hey, wait, Janet, what happened to you and Eric Adams yesterday? How you doing, Greg? First time caller? Uh, well, listen, if it's your first time, I want to give you all the time. They're already playing the music. All right, all right so stick around, stick around. No, 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 no. I'm just going to put you all on. All right, I'll tell you quick. No, 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 no. Janet, Janet, just wait, wait. I'm going to put you on hold. And listen to the music, all right? I will come back. Somebody will be... <laughs> Give me a moment. Uh, what is it? Doobie Brothers. Good call. Be right back. Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the fall is off to a... Well, it's, I guess we've been in it for a few weeks. You know what I've been doing? Focusing on all the wonderful things my wife does instead of critiquing every time she gets something a little bit wrong. Not even wrong, just off or whatever. I mean, my goodness gracious, your spouse, your spouse. We are kind of programmed to do that. I Well, maybe not. Maybe. But, uh, you know, I just had to, like, wait a second. Oh, my goodness gracious. She's done so much for me. Including, I do believe, saving my life. If I had not met my wife, Judith... I would probably, yeah, I think I'd be dead by now. I uh, was going in the wrong direction very fast. So, uh, and one of the many good things that came about being married to her, number one, no more drinking, no more drink. I, des- I decided, it just came to me. It was like, just almost like the, the night uh, before I got married, I realized this is my last drink ever. I didn't realize that that night. I realized it the next day. When I didn't feel normal until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and the wedding was at 3, I was just a little bit uh, perturbed. And I'm like, I'm never going through this again. But anyway, there's a, marriage is a great institution. It's true. It really is. That's uh, uh, just a lot of, lot of nice things. Now I understand. Now I understand. For a long time, I'm like, why does anybody? But, but it, it's, it's just, it's wonderful. Uh, what else? Uh, I've gotten back into the exercise routine. Uh, very, very important. You know, Tom Cruise, everybody busted on him. Do you remember when he got into that fight with Matt Lauer? Matt, 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 Matt. Remember that? It's right around the time he was jumping up and down on the couch with Oprah. And by the way, <laughs> as far as systemically racist societies go, uh, we don't have one. 
We don't have one. And, and, and Oprah Winfrey is proof of that, by the way. It really, one of the most, until she went all political, one of the most popular women who ever lived. Popular among all the Karens out there. Isn't that what they call us now? Isn't that what they call you? The white women of the suburbs, Karens? I don't like that term at all. But now it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a, you, there's no problem saying Karen. There's a problem being a Karen. You don't want to be a Karen, so a lot of folks, uh, to inoculate themselves from criticism, like preemptively go woke. Anyway, uh, what was I getting at there? Uh, oh, yes, uh, Tom Cruise, he said that one of the things, why he was going crazy, and he didn't go crazy, but he was warning people about psychotropic drugs, and too many people are on them, and I think there's something to that. Also, when you think about it, I mean, the mass shootings, look, they got kids on a million different things. Everybody's taken something. We did not have these things prior to the mass shootings in the schools. I mean, really, they were very rare. Are they all copycat? I don't think so. I think it has something to do with the psychotropic drugs. But funnily enough, you never hear a real conversation about that. They'll debate anything. They'll debate uh, gun control. They'll debate video games. They'll debate violence in movies. But never the drugs, never the prescription drugs. Why is that? Is it because the prescription drugs, those people are that powerful? Is that what it's all about? All right, Janet, you were going, you were telling us about the fight you had with Eric Adams at the parade. I hope, uh, what happened? I won. That's all that counts. Well, what do you mean? Come on, what happened? I was standing there. There were a lot of people, you know, it was really packed. I was very happy and proud. And he came out of nowhere, and he's a few feet from me talking, and people are shaking hands with him. And I'm asking him, uh, do you think Lieutenant Russo had the wrong perception about crime in New York? And he's ignoring me, and I yelled it louder, and the people are moving away, and he sees me, and he comes over. I waitressed 40-something years all over New York. I know body language. He's standing in front of me, ramrod. His face wasn't a foot from mine. Did he think a Brooklynite was going to be scared of him? He said, I want to ask you. And he's like grandstanding in front of all these people. Do you really think I don't want to stop crime in this city? I said, you not only don't want to stop it, you don't have the capability. You don't have the desire. And you don't care about New Yorkers. So he repeated it. I I wore a bulletproof vest for 21 years as a police officer. I said, please, I heard about you being a police officer. Please, my whole family's cops. His guys are around him like in a half-moon circle, like a little looking at me like, I don't know, to intimidate and I'm looking at him. I look at one guy. I give him the old ghetto grill down because I grew up in Bed-Stuy as an Italian kid. So I look at Adams, and he and I said, you have no desire. You gave the city to the criminals. And he looks at me, and he goes, wait, what did he say? I'm sorry. We're listening. Oh, and I said to him, wait a minute. I said, wait, you reminded me. Where's that other creature? And he goes, what other creature? I said, Hoko, because she's getting it next. 
And he walked away when I called him a creature. He just didn't say anything and left. All the cops heard it because I was helping the cops move the the things blocked and people with baby carriages. And uh, can you imagine a person telling New Yorkers that they have this perception? Oh, I said to him, how's those train rides at night that you claim to do? So I'm sorry I didn't remember so much stuff I wanted to say to him. Janet, you are amazing. And the story, I love it. Seriously. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm looking right. I was hoping that somebody recorded it. Hey, you know. I'm sorry, excuse me, but I'm sorry because it was, I write to him. I mean, the city council, I give them my number, name, the FBI, they all, I tell them, come, I dare you. Hey. I'm knocked off Twitter. Since when do you not have the right? You work for me. Honey. Janet, 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 a couple things. I got I, one thing. Do me a favor. You should write down everything about that encounter because, you know, I know you didn't remember quite everything. Write down everything you can, okay? Number two, I want to ask you this. You say the body language, you were what you know body language, and he came over to you and the body language was really sending you a message. What was that body language? What was he trying to say to you? Okay, the message was I'm intimidating you. Except he got an actual non liberal New Yorker who grew up as a white kid in the ghetto. I had to go through East New York and Brownsville. I had to walk to get to school. That's how dangerous so some little crap like him, and God forgive me, really strange looking in person, and I'm watching him, and I'm thinking, does he think he's intimidating me? Because it was obvious his cohorts, who looked as threatening as wet toilet paper, were like standing around him like, yeah, okay. And I'm looking at them. You're getting eye contact from me, honey. I love it. like them five percenters. That's who they look like. You know, um, I love the story, and I believe every word of it, and that you said the key thing also. You don't have the capability. You nailed it. You know, in his heart, what's in his heart, who the hell knows? If he had any real desire, I think he's just too taken with himself and everything else. Even if he had the desire, you you nailed it, Janet. He does not have the capability. He doesn't have the know-how. He doesn't have the experience, and he fooled a hell of a lot of people. But it looks like the game is up. Janet, I commend you very, very much. Thank you. I love your show. And ask your father if he remembers Edward Fernandez, Deputy Inspector of New York. Edward Fernandez. I will run it by him. Janet, do me a favor. A Portuguese guy. Okay, keep in touch. Thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) Good stuff. You bet. You bet. Okay, thanks to. Uh, everybody here, and uh, oh, I love it. I love it. Was that right? I don't know what about you guys, but that was riveting. Hey, is Kenny Shoe on the phone yet? Kenny Shoe? No, Kenny Shoe? Let me just see. Uh, all right, that's uh, that's okay. Kenny Shoe was, but my wife has just entered the room. Hello. Hello. I was talking about you earlier. What did you say about me? Nice stuff? Well, yes, and that I need to focus more on all the wonderful things you do and not nitpick all the little things that might make me, you know, not an ideal person from time to time. When are you going to start calling me your co-pilot? Hmm. You know, I never really had a co-pilot. I know. That's why it's like a big deal. But I fly, you know, my plane was, you know, single, like just me. Exactly. 
Co-pilot. I feel like it's been a big adjustment for you getting married and having somebody in the cockpit right in there with you. I actually, it's funny you should mention this because there have been times where I have told you literally to get out of my cockpit. I know. And that means like, you know, look, let's face it. Well, the other day you laid out, I don't know how much nitty gritty we should get into, but you told me not only what underwear to wear, but what pants to wear. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was a, That was a little... Are we airing our dirty laundry well, was, in front was, of all of America? Was, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. I don't it, know if your boss would be comfortable it was, with this. It was all clean laundry. Literally, it was all clean. Okay, good. Now, that was a little micromanagey, but you know what? I can I can roll with the micromanagey stuff because uh, the macro is so great. Well, it's our fifth year anniversary next month. Humming, 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 humming. And I want... Your toast to me to be to the best co-pilot. Best co-pilot a man could have. Uh, See, I mean, live with it for a while. Co-pilot, you really want? Okay, as long as I'm the pilot, I'm the captain. You're the first officer. I'm happy to take that role. All right, we can. How do you feel about being the chief flight attendant? Ah, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. No, that's There a, that, you go again. There's a status with that job, too. All right, I'm going to let you in the cockpit. All right, uh, darling, thank Did Kenny Shue call yet? No, Kenny. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, Kenny Shue is a very brilliant guy, and he's so brilliant, he's probably trapped on the outer edge of thought. That happens to these brilliant guys from time to time. Uh, bye, honey. See you later, sweetie. Okay. Uh... The children are growing very, very well, and uh, we're very, very excited about that. Um, What else? Do me a favor. I'll be right back. i got to follow up with my wife about a personal matter. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. How about that, Janet? Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I've seen that over-the-top entourage he goes around with. Who the hell do you think you are? Puff Daddy? Huh? Sylvester Stallone? What do you need all those people for? You need you need a couple, all right? They got guns. They don't have to be around you all the time to make you feel important. Remember, he got 200,000 votes on the last day of school, all right? He, he, he's not emperor. He's not emperor. Uh, what's up? Oh, okay, very good. Well, we are joined now by uh, a guy who's fighting a really important battle. Uh, Asian Americans are under attack. Uh, physically, and they suffer from a lot of discrimination. They've been penalized, quite frankly, for their high achievement. Uh, Kenny Shu is the president of the nonprofit organization Color Us United. Uh, he also has an amazing book. It's called An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. Kenny Shu, thanks for being with us. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, no problem, Kenny. Hey, Kenny, listen, um, I understand that you got a, you, you got some sort of beef with the Salvation Army. Uh, Salvation Army, the people who uh, put the little kettles out. What's going on? What are they up to? What's the, what's the problem? We, so my, my organization, I'm president of Color Rest United, and we, last year, we managed to expose the Salvation Army for their woke anti-racism documents, accusing their own members of being racist. And actually, because of our campaign, they were actually forced to rescind that document. That document is no longer available on their website. However, they did not take the extra step of what all Americans want the Salvation Army to do and say, we're not a racist organization. In fact, 
this whole diversity, equity, and inclusion movement does not help anybody in poverty. How does teaching that our country is racist help a person, help a little kid get a job or get a good education and succeed in society? It does not. It seriously does not. And so we're going back to the table this year. If you go on colorusunited.org, we're going back to the table asking Salvation Army National Commander Kenneth Hodder to make a statement that DEI does not help people in poverty. And you can take part in it by signing our petition and by writing a letter to Commissioner Hodder on our website. We have the widget provided for you, colorusunited.org. Colorusunited.org. Uh, check it out. Uh, you guys do some really great work. Hey, can I ask you in a big picture? I mean, the Salvation Army. Yeah. I mean, it should be pretty apolitical, but a lot of these groups, businesses or whatever, are going woke. My sense is they're going woke out of a sense of fear. They want to join the mob rather than the mob attack them. Um, that's just my theory. But what do you think is really motivating these organizations to sign these ridiculous pledges, you know, wokeness and renouncing all this stuff? Where is that coming from? Oh, it's it's coming from it's coming from the top managerial staff coming from the leadership. But I, let me ask you this: Are they? But what yeah. what's what's motivating them? Is it fear? Is it fear of cancellation? Oh, yeah. Is it fear of you know we better do this? Because I don't think these folks necessarily yeah. really believe this stuff. Well, I think some do. I think the general of the Salvation Army, Brian Peddle, for example, who's Canadian. Um, resents the fact, a lot of people resent the fact that America is the greatest country in the world. A lot of them resent the fact that 80% of the Salvation Army's donations come from Americans. Um, and they want, they would like to poke fun, poke a hole in Americans as much as they can. So the General Brian Peddle, who is Canadian, you know, is one of the leaders of the wokeness within the Salvation Army. He's one of the progenitors in the Salvation Army of trying to facilitate this narrative. Oh, America, you're not as good as you think you are. You know, you're actually kind of a racist country. Isn't that a great, isn't that a great punchline for our enemies? Isn't that a great punchline for Xi Jinping? Yeah. You know, to say, oh, you guys are still facing all of these problems. So I think a lot of this is coming internationally. So, all right, let me, let me run this by you. Domestically, there's uh, I, I don't want to name any names because if I start doing that and what the car company – but I know of a car company that after George Floyd, you know, they, they put out all these statements renouncing this and supporting Black Lives Matter. And that – I'm kind of wondering about that kind of – an American company, virtue signaling on that scale. What were they thinking? What are they thinking? What is driving them? Do you see any merit in my idea that, you know, they're, they're just afraid of the mob and it's easier to join the mob? It's okay if I'm wrong. Yes. No, no, no. I, I, I see it 100%. Look, after George Floyd, right, so, I mean, this is what happened. This is what this, the nation faced, the so-called racial reckoning. And companies had to go out of their way to show Americans that they weren't racist. Right. So this is where DEI comes from. This is where the whole diversity, equity, inclusion idea comes from. It's companies trying to save face and stop being accused of being racist. Um, so, yeah, there is an idea of avoiding the mob. But as we know, these DEI programs are terribly offensive and they hurt these people in poverty. You know, they basically you know, they're basically asking the Salvation Army asked their members last year to repent for being racist. It's like asking a, uh, a, a married man to repent for being divorced, right? <laughs> you know, 
Uh, it's just silly and absurd. So that that's where it's coming from, though. It definitely came from, and I think George Floyd and the racial tension escalated that. Well, and the Salvation Army, they have so many important, more important things to do. Okay, you can go to, um, it's uh, colorusunited.org, correct? Yes, yeah. Oh. Make your voice known, and you can, in fact, send a letter to Hodder directly on our website. All you have to do is put down your email, colorusunited.org. All right. Hey, do me a favor. Um, Kenny, you happen to be Asian-American, and you have studied uh, Asian-American achievement uh, as opposed to other groups in America. Bottom line, why do Asian-Americans do so well uh, compared to other groups in the United States? Look, it's, it's a holistic culture of excellence. Holistic. It starts at the family. Asian-Americans are disproportionately likely to be in two-parent family households, but it's not just the fact that they have two parents. It's the fact that their parents are intimately involved in their child's education. They will sit down. They will do homework with their kids. They're focused on giving the kid a, a place to love learning and to love being excellent and to love being competitive. Um, I remember, you know, one in my book, An Inconvenient Minority, I talk about one of my uh, Taiwanese American friends who lives in the Bay Area, whose parents, you know, they would they would sit with him and they would study with him and, and he would have to, you know, recite the answers back to his parents. Um, and you might think, oh, that produces a programmed robotic child, but actually it produces the opposite. It produces a very inquisitive child who loves learning and wants to learn more. I think that's part of the Asian American household and that's why they do so well in education. So these are issues of culture, and uh, a lot of uh, us could uh, learn. It's hard work, hard, hard work, uh, hard work, hard work more than anything else, perhaps. Uh, well, Kenny Shu, thank you very much. We can go to colorusunited.org. You can find out more inf- information about this uh, Salvation Army thing. I hope you guys get it straightened out. Kenny, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Greg. All right. You take care now. Uh, Folks, I will see you tonight on the Newsmax. Oh, Andrew's been on hold for a million years. Andrew. My wife is Asian from uh, Thailand. I always say emulate, don't discriminate. Don't, just like you two just said, don't have racist laws against Asians and promote others. See what Asians are doing differently and emulate what they're doing. And I just want to say for your wife, Janet, you have to tell her, Janet, I did hit that high note one time the day I married you. Baby, you're the greatest. That's right. Ralph, where do you keep the cornet polish? (laughs) Great episode. Great episode. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Barbara, Victor, and the rest. We'll talk tomorrow. Many, many thanks. See you tonight at 10 o'clock. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.